Welcome to Vape Village, the podcast for the Victorian Association for the Teaching of English. My name's Ernest Price, and I'm the Education Officer at Vape. We'll be using this podcast feed to spark discussion and connection within our community. We'd like to acknowledge that the podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and to pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I spoke with Seamus Kavanagh, a beginning teacher from Richmond High School, about what it has been like to start his career. We all remember that feeling, being a beginning teacher, but Seamus is battling something a little different, along with everyone else starting their teaching career this year. Enjoy the discussion. Good morning, Seamus. How are you? Good morning, Anna. I'm well, thank you. <laughs> we just had a little discussion off camera about how professional we had to be in this uh, global pandemic <laughs> environment. So, Seamus, you were my uh, teacher candidate at Mount Alexander College. Um, I was for my second placement. On your second placement. And now you're in, uh, you've just finished your first term as a, as a fully grown up mature teacher. That's right. <laughs> um, in possibly the strangest term that teachers have ever had to go through, but we might get to that at the, at the end. But first of all, what, what was term one like pre-global pandemic? <laughs> I was good. It was really good. Very uh, interesting to meet everyone, to get to know the kids and build those relationships whilst also, I guess, building relationships with staff members. Because it's, for me, it's the first time working in a professional environment. I've worked in hospitality before, which, yeah, that's a professional environment, but definitely a bit different. So it was good. But term one's also full of... Uh, interruptions and different things happening school camps so it was a interesting term yeah well and i probably should have said at the start you're at richmond high school so yes. at the moment you've got uh years seven to nine in that setting government school setting in uh in a melbourne what was the biggest surprise because obviously you'd spent a lot of time in schools already um, yeah. during your placements what surprised you most about term one of of your career um Probably how quickly the children, or the students really open up to you as a staff member there. Like I knew it would take some time to build really trusting relationships, but quite quickly if you're show them kindness, I'll show it back, which I, not that that was surprising, but just that it happened faster than I'd imagined. And it was really, it was really good to see. Um, then from a professional standpoint, just how much admin <laughs> and stuff I'm doing, like lots of emailing, lots of conversations, calling talking to parents and just things that were all quite new to me because you don't often have exposure to that in a full sense when you're on placement. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned camp. What was camp like? <laughs> camp was great. I thought it was so much fun. Lots and lots of energy from the students. So you're constantly going, going, go. But it was great. Um, really nice kind of way to informally or build relationships in a more informal setting. Uh, and then see the students just yeah, outside of school. Lots of fun. Uh, my first time ever doing a kind of bed, bedtime rounds. <laughs> that, was, that was interesting. Did you get any sleep? Yeah, I got a bit of sleep. There was, one, there was one night where I was a little bit interrupted. But other than that, I'm a pretty deep sleeper, so I was out like a lot as soon as I hit the pillow, basically. I feel like they should probably put that in the key selection criteria for teaching jobs, like can you sleep at a camp? And in terms of in the classroom, what subjects are you teaching at the moment? So I'm teaching Year 7 and 8 English. Uh, year 9, we do what's called Inspiration Projects. So we're doing project-based learning at, the, at Year 9, and that's a combination of English and Humanities. 
And then at Richmond, we do cultural studies. So if you're not doing Chinese or doing your own study of a different language, you do cultural studies. And I teach that both year eight and year nine. And I guess for our members, obviously English teachers, a lot of them teach humanities as well. But um, what is the experience of the year seven and eight English being like? Do you find the kids, you know, I think in some settings, kids are, English has a bit of a poor reputation um, or isn't, you know, necessarily a subject that people gravitate towards. What are the attitudes being like to the study of English? Well, I feel like for us at Richmond for Year 7 and 8, we're very lucky with our text selection for the first term. So Year 7, we do Wonder, and that's almost universal, universally loved by the students that I'm teaching at least, because most of them may have seen the movie or have had exposure to it previously, and it's got really great themes that go along with their own, the start of their own journey into high school. And at Year 8, we're doing The Road to Winter, which I had actually never read or heard of, and it's fantastic. It's really good at engaging lots of readers who don't maybe previously haven't expressed a like for reading. It kind of, especially young boys, young male students, they really engage with it uh, by Mark Smith. So, yeah, in, in those two classrooms, I've actually found that the engagement levels and the attitude towards English has been quite strong, and I think that that's based on those texts. Also an incredibly timely text, probably the road to me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's been making text connections, text to yeah. world. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, it would have been close to three quarters of the way through the term, I guess, when the coronavirus sort of started to rear its head in Australia. What is that shift of that discussion around online learning been like in your context? Uh, it's been interesting because obviously it's constantly evolving and changing the situation is very fluid so originally it was some students were no longer at school and you were putting up lesson plans on campus and things like that and then now obviously with early school closures in victoria uh, we had four days to kind of really get ready for what will most likely i don't think they've said definitely yet but the rhetoric is likely be online learning for term two it's been an interesting discussion because obviously for a lot of teachers, especially for myself in my first term of teaching, but for everyone as well, it's a new kind of journey. It's a different forum in which we can teach. Uh, there's been a lot of experimentation, a lot of different conversations about what's going to be best and most beneficial for the students. And yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting time to be in the first year of teaching, I'd say, because it's kind of almost evens the playing field to a certain extent because I'm able to be at the same level as everybody else in terms of going forward in online learning. So, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I think obviously, like, you know, the entire profession is grappling with the very obvious challenges around online learning and I think particularly for young people, you know, in the context of Richmond, obviously there is a, a cohort of students who might not have as ready access to technology that that might be an issue. What are some of the opportunities that you think? Like, are there any, any things that you've been thinking about in preparing for this that you've thought, well, this might carry forward in terms of my pedagogy or my approach? Is there anything like that that's crossed your mind? Yeah, definitely. I, I've always never, I've not utilised flipped learning enough and uh, aspects of that. And I think that this really gives a chance for students to bring knowledge they've gained themselves to our online classrooms. Uh, and... I would love to see aspects of that going forward. Um, like you said, it's actually really interesting for the students who don't have access to Wi-Fi and then, of course, they don't have access to public libraries because they're now closed. So um, just being really well prepared and really 
overly planned, but then assuming that students may not do all the work, but having it all there is something I think will be beneficial for my practice going forward as well. One of the really interesting things, I spoke with an educator from Virtual School Victoria, so they already have done a lot of their work on the virtual platform yeah. and they had a really interesting insight around um, how much you sort of expect students to get done, mm. um, which I think is always something as a beginning teacher, finding that pacing is really difficult anyway and now it's like you've thrown in this other sort of variable, which is that yeah. you don't have that direct sort of eye watching them, really interesting. That's actually another thing to add to what you are, the last question was how you kind of track student learning and their own progress through that. And there's a lot of online tools that you can use that uh, you're able to do that. So, but the interesting thing, the one will be which students are using their own kind of direction to put that online. So they might have completed the work, but are they putting it online for you to check? Yeah, that's a, which is a really interesting, um, I guess, conundrum. It's the perennial problem anyway of, you know, the kid who's got the worksheet at the bottom of their bag or whatever. Um, exactly. Sort of another variable. Um, if you are online next term, how are you planning um, or how is the school planning to run its lessons? Are they going to have sort of lesson times? Is it going to be students working through things at their own pace? What's the, what's the outlook looking like? There actually hasn't been a kind of universal um, statement on how we're going to be running them, but between faculties, we've got kind of different ideas on what we want to be working on. So say for year nine subjects, they're doing project-based learning. So it kind of lends itself more to maybe a weekly goal or a weekly uh, key idea that, that they're trying to understand and learn and then an activity that goes along with that. For the year sevens and the year eights, say for English, we're kind of looking at that as well. Maybe a weekly goal with some lessons or activities to scaffold that. But, but we're not really looking at getting students to wake up at nine in the morning and sit there and do six different 50-minute blocks of learning of different subjects. Mm. So I think that that might be slightly unrealistic. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but definitely I think the idea of a key idea or concept for a certain period of time and then allowing the students to work their way through that with feedback and reflecting on it as well. I can see a lot of opportunities in what you're articulating in terms of obviously there are going to be challenges. It's, it's going to be a challenging um, period, but in terms of developing students' independent capacities, um, you know, which is notoriously difficult in that early high school time, you know, they're going to have to adjust. And so I think that has a lot of possibility. There's certainly no shortage of material for cultural studies um, and, uh, you know, discussion around issues in the world, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right, Seamus, well, thank you so much for your time. Um, you are technically on holidays at the moment, I believe, so we should probably <laughs> wind up this conversation. But, yeah, thank you so much um, for that conversation of what it is like to be a graduate teacher in a very, very strange times. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Seamus Kavanagh for sharing some reflection on what it's been like to start his teaching career in 2020. As always, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe through your podcast provider. Send us some feedback either on our social media or via email. If you've got ideas for an episode or would like to be a guest, please contact me on educationofficer at vate.org.au. Please stay safe and stay home if you can. Thanks for listening.